for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Ephesians chapter 3. This is the uh, portion of our service where we kind of just set the foundation once again. Ephesians 3, we've said this three weeks in a row. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And we all say, Amen. amen. To him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more, so much more, than what we could ever think or imagine. I want to I'm going to start this very very quickly. So go ahead and get your sermon notes out and uh, let's get right into it. Number 1, write this down. I often expect too little from God. When we're we're talking about immeasurably more than anything we ask than anything we imagine. So so take your imagination. How big is that? God is bigger. To take your imagination and 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 think of Wow, boy, wouldn't it be great if, wouldn't it be, God is bigger than anything we ask or anything that we imagine. Now, the Bible also says that we have to ask things according to his will. God never honors selfishness, everybody. He doesn't honor selfishness. Like in your home, do you honor selfishness in your children? If you do, you shouldn't. Don't ever reward a child for selfishness. How many know what I'm talking about? How many mature believers, you know what I'm talking about, right? We don't honor selfishness in our house. God doesn't honor selfishness because it is not a godly quality. So I, I want to put this in context here, that whatever you ask or imagine that's according to the will of God, that's something that God takes pleasure in you thinking about those things and desiring those things, that God is able to do immeasurably more do immeasurably more according to his power that's at work within us. To him be the glory. Like out of this, God is going to get all of the glory and all of the praise. And what I'm saying is sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, in fact, most of the time, we expect too little from God. We just expect too little from God. And not only expect too little from God in, in our life, but in our requests, in, in the requests that we're making to God, we just expect too little. Let, let me say it this way, everybody, that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as children of God, we also carry the authority of God. We, we, we carry the authority as being children of God, and we have the ability to ask our Heavenly Father some, not just small requests, not just normal requests, we have the ability to ask some big requests, some big asks. Right? We have that ability. In fact, not only that, we have the encouragement to do it. Hey, go ahead. Ask. Think big. Imagine big for the glory of God because we serve a God who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine. Let me tell you, let me say it like this way, though, everybody. We, we expect too little from God because our relationship is too small with God. If our relationship was stronger with God, we would learn to expect more from God. Let me say it in another way, everybody, that your authority is only as strong 
as your relationship with your heavenly Father. I'm going to say it again. Your relationship with God is so powerful. It's so, it's so required because your authority is only as strong as your relationship with God. The, the deeper you know God, the more time you spend with God, the more you understand who he is as God, the more you know his character and his nature and his promises and his word, the more expectations you'll have in your life concerning what God can do and will do for you and in you. Your relationship with God determines what you're receiving from God. Let me say it like that. Bad relationship with God, you're not going to get much of a return on the investment. But if you make an investment in your relationship with God, the bigger the investment in your relationship with God, the bigger the return. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could preach this to you. This is good stuff, by the way. See, see what, what's happening here, everybody, when, when people oftentimes will come to a pastor, oh, pastor, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. What they're saying is, I don't have a good relationship with God, and I'm trusting that you do, and since you have a good relationship with God, he'll answer you, but I don't think he'll answer me. Why? Because you're not having a great relationship with God. See, 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 the more mature that you are in Christ Jesus, the more that you understand, I don't necessarily have to have somebody else praying for me. I can pray because I know God, and I know he listens to me, and I know he loves me, and I know he's going to answer me. Now, is it wise to get two or three or more? Absolutely. Get a prayer team around you. There, there, in fact, that's not only no harm in that, that's biblical. It's something that we are called to do. We are, let, let me say it this way. We're called to live in small groups. Did you know that? We're called to live in small groups. That's why we have small groups here at New Song. So you can get plugged in with other people, and you know when you're having a bad day, I know I can call them. I know they got my back. I know they, and, and, and it doesn't matter what the small group is. You know, um, a small group that I've been in for like the last six or seven years um, is, is our fantasy football small group. You think, how stupid is that? It's stupid. It really is. And it's a riot. I mean, it's a riot. We have a lot of fun, and we talk trash to each other all the time. But trust me, when somebody says, hey, I've got a need, you got to pray for so-and-so, so we're all over that. Just all of a sudden, it just lights up. I got you covered. I got you covered. I got you covered. Hey, what can I do for you? And I love that because there's a group of guys, everybody. There's a group of guys here at New Song that we have just chosen to live life together. Now, do we see each other all the time? No, we don't. But we're always there for each other anytime we need to be. Everybody see how that happens? And I'm telling you, God called you to live in small groups. He called you to, to be in relationship with others so that you can pray together and believe together and live together and work together and have unity with others. The Bible wouldn't talk about unity if we weren't supposed to live in unity, right? Like with other people. You get it? See how that works? And so have you ever noticed, though, that a lot of people, if they don't have a relationship with Christ, they immediately go to grandma, they immediately go to aunt so-and-so, they immediately go to mom or dad, because I don't have a relationship with God, and I can't really pray, but I know you do, and I want you to pray for me, because maybe God will answer you, I don't think he's going to answer me. Listen, new song, you don't have to live like that. 
The bigger investment that you make in your relationship with the Lord, the bigger the return. You know, I was asking a few people something. This is very personal, of a personal nature, but I was talking to a few people lately, and I want want to say something out loud, that over the last uh, couple of weeks, New Song has taken a turn in a more focused direction, in a much, much better direction. And I've never been more excited about the direction that New Song is headed, and I, I, I know some things inside of me, and there's some other people, in fact, quite a few other elders and, um, and council members and pastors that are just saying, oh, some, something's up here, something's going on here, and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And I, I say that to, to say this, that... Uh, um, in some conversations that I've had with people and asking leadership questions and saying, hey, why isn't this moving like we need it to move? What, you know, it seems like we're just doing everything right, but it's just not, and sharing those things. And as I've shared those things, um, the only three people I asked all said the same thing. They didn't answer that question, they said, how much are you praying? Huh. That's not my question. (laughs) But see, they knew knew the question to ask. They knew the question to ask. They, 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 um, one of them just came out and he said, he said, are you passionate in prayer? Said, sometimes. He said, let's fix that. How many know if you hear the same thing from three people, you don't have to be a rock inside just to figure something out, right? And I'm telling you, the bigger investment that I make in my relationship with the Lord, the bigger the return, the bigger the return. And it's the same for you. What what if we all made a huge investment in our relationship with the Lord? What would the Lord do then in our lives, both individually and corporately as a church? What would the Lord do? That's a great question. I'll tell you what he will do. Immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. So we expect too little from God. Write this down. I got some examples for you from the word of God. Letter A, Abraham underestimated God's mercy. God's mercy. Remember, remember when, um, um, it, 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 in fact, uh, the Lord showed up and there, there were some angels there. They show up and they talk with Abraham and, and, um, and uh, the, the, the angel's going ahead, but kind of the Lord stays back and he's talking to Abraham and then they talk about Sodom and Gomorrah and he's like, hey, pff, ooh, this is coming to my attention. This city is coming to my attention. And Abraham starts interceding for this city, and this is what the scripture says. The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And what he's saying is, I'm going to destroy that city. But, but Abraham keeps saying, well, what if there's 50 people there? Surely you wouldn't destroy it if there were 50 people there. And the Lord said, okay, I won't destroy it if there's 50. Then, then he said, May the Lord not be angry. Now, they've been having a conversation. Well, what about 40 and what about 30? But then we get to verse 32. Then he said, 
May, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. This is Abraham. What if only ten can be found there, he answered. For the sake of ten, the Lord replied, I will not destroy it. I will not destroy it. You know what Abraham was doing? He was underestimating the mercy of God. God was there saying, hey, listen, I'm going to take out this city. They, their sin is so prevalent, I'm going to wipe them out. And, and, and actually, everybody, you might be bothered by that, but that is, that is judgment from God. How many knows God is a just God? He's a just God. And part of his justice includes judgment, but I'm grateful for that we're living in an era of grace right now. So grateful for that. This is our season to go out and make a difference in this community for the glory of God, new song. We live in an era of grace. Right now, God is wanting to pour out his grace and his mercy. Every single day, he wants to pour it out, and he's waiting. He's, he's waiting to do it. We just got to go and do the work of the ministry, the work of the Lord. So Abraham under, underestimated the mercy of God. He started at 50. Well, why didn't he just start at 10? Why didn't he just start at 10? Well, God, what, 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 what 10 are there? The answer still would have been the same. Okay, if there's 10, I won't. I, I'll show mercy. If there's 10, I won't, I won't destroy it. But no, that's not where it started. See, sometimes we ask things from God and they're just so small. Are you underestimating the mercy of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the compassion of God? Are you underestimating the character and the nature of God? He's not mad at you. Yeah, he, he might want more from you, but he loves you. He loves you. And he's calling you to himself. And he's calling you to believe in who he is and to trust him wholeheartedly. Let it be, Sarah underestimated God's promise. Now, now remember, um, in verse 10, uh, the, 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 the Lord told her, you're going to have a son by this time next year. That happened in verse 10. And... and um, of course, Sarah was taken off guard, and she, she actually laughed. And I, I don't mean to be, to be inappropriate here, but it, it, it is biblical that, that um, she, she was past the age of menopause. She was past it. That's what, this, that's what the Scripture's saying, that she's old. She, she, there's, no, there's no chance for her to have children. Now watch this in Genesis 18, verse 12. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, like, like the, my husband's old too, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I, that I am old? Watch this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son, no doubt about it. But what was Sarah's problem? She was underestimating God's promise. God made a promise to her, and she just thought it was too late. She thought that she was too far gone. And I'm telling you, new singers, new singers, listen to me. There are promises in the word of God that apply to you as a child of God. And if you say, I'm just too far gone, no, you're not. Are you breathing? Are you alive? Then you're not too far gone. Yes, it may cause you to fall on your face in repentance and say, woe to me, I am undone. Yeah, it might cause you to get serious in your relationship 
with God, but you haven't gone too far. You've not done, done too much. You're not too far gone. The promises of God apply to you. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Do not underestimate the promises of God. Don't do it. So, so I, I, you know this already. My, my dad is having a tough time right now. And there are some days where, boy, why isn't this changing? Why aren't we seeing some, some much-needed change? We've been praying and calling out to God, and many of you have been as well. And I'm telling you, no matter what you see, you still have faith. We talked about that last week, that faith is believing in, even when you don't see. Faith is believing even when nothing is changing. To, to call out to God and say, those promises still apply to me. They still apply to my dad. They still apply to my family. The promises of God are yes and amen. And we are never to underestimate the promises of God. Don't underestimate them. Take God at his word. Let her see. The 10 spies, not 12, 10 spies underestimated God's power. Remember this, Moses is sending out the 12 spies to, to spy out the land of Canaan because they're going to go and take it, and 12 come back, or, or 12 go out and 12 come back. But 10 of those spies said, uh, no, 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 we saw way too much. We shouldn't go in there. We're going to be defeated. And here's one of their things that they said, Numbers 13, 33, we saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them, like there are giants in the land. But they underestimated God's power. There were only two spies that didn't underestimate God's power, and that was Joshua and Caleb. And they said, no, we will go in there, and we will conquer that land because the Lord is on our side. They didn't underestimate the power of God in their lives. And, and I'm telling you, new song, new song, listen to your pastor, that the church in America oftentimes walks around powerless because we're not trusting in God's power like we should. The church in America tends to be a very weak church because we're not walking in the authority that we are meant to walk in. We are not walking with a trust concerning the power of God. And I long for that in my own life. I want to be a man that, that trusts in God's power. You? Do. I long for it, everybody. By the way, Joshua and Caleb, they were rewarded for their faith. God always rewards people faith. Always. He always rewards faith. <laughs> so number two, write this down. This is what God wants to do. He wants to raise my expectations. He wants to raise my expectation. Do you know that that's what hope is? Hope is, the meaning of hope is a confident expectation. Like, oh, I hope I get to go to Disney World. That's not confident expectation. That's just wishful thinking. Hope, biblical hope is not wishful thinking. Biblical hope is confident expectation. 
I have an expectation that God is going to do the miraculous. I have an expectation that God is going to be powerful, that he's going to, that he's going to do exactly what he promised he will do. I just have a confident expectation that things are going to work out for my benefit because that's what the Bible says, that God works all things out for my good. So, 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 so here, here's, here's what we got to do, everybody. God wants to, to raise our expectations, letter A, to truly believe for the miraculous. To truly believe for the miraculous. Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. When was the last time that you truly believed for the miraculous? There, there was a, a, a moment, and I, I share this um, moment that, that some of you were there in this moment. There was a woman in our church that had been diagnosed with cancer, and, and just the, the Spirit of the Lord just spoke to me. And I just felt the Spirit of the Lord say, call her forward and pray for her. Now, if you know me, that's not like me. Like, I think a lot of people attach the Lord told me to when the Lord didn't tell you nothing. You know what I mean? Your emotions told you to. Your, your pride told you to. I've just seen the people use that phrase too much. The Lord told me to. The Bible says that we don't take the name of the Lord in vain. And can I tell you, taking the Lord's name in vain is more than just OMG. Sometimes people ascribe the Lord's name to things that the Lord had nothing to do with. That is taking the Lord's name in vain. Did you know that? So I'm very cautious in that. I'm very cautious. But I, I just knew what I knew. And I, 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 I called this person forward. I said, I said um, you, you've gotten a bad report. But I'm believing for the miraculous. And, and I prayed for her. And I knew, I knew that cancer was not going to take her life. I knew it. I, I just had faith overcome me. And in the moment, that is a gift of faith. That is a spiritual gift. But how many know that we are to, to, uh, to, to, to desire the gifts of the Spirit, to move in the gifts of the Spirit, to be active in the gifts of the Spirit? And I, I tell you, everybody, I want to live with the gift of faith on my life. I want to live that way. I don't want to experience it just every now and then. I, I, want to be, I, w- I want to live with the gift of faith. I want to be able to pray for people and just know in my knower that they're going to be healed, that they're going to be touched, that they're going to be delivered, that provision is going to be coming their way. Whatever the thing is that I'm praying for, I, just, I, I want to know in my knower that it's, that it's a done deal. How many, how many think that would be a cool thing to have the gift of faith, right? Well, why don't we just pray for that? Why don't we just ask God to give us the gift of faith? Because he doesn't withhold anything good to his children. You know the Bible says that, right? <laughs> so we got to believe. We got to believe for the miraculous. Can I tell you something? What's, what's going to help us to believe for the miraculous? Our investment in our relationship with the Lord, prayer, study. Um, the bigger investment in our relationship with the Lord, the bigger the return, right? But, but, but let, me, let me add a, a, a different way of saying that. It says the same thing, but it's a different way of saying it. That I want to live like Jesus lived in order to see what Jesus saw. What did Jesus see? 
the miraculous over and over and over and over and over again. But he did something that you and I struggle with. Jesus lived like Jesus. You get what I'm saying? So, so, so we, we are to be imitators of Christ, the Bible says. You know that, right? So we are to live like Jesus lived. And if we really live like Jesus lived, won't we see what Jesus saw? So he said, hey, I'm going away, but you're going to see even greater things than I've ever done if you just live like I lived. You're going to see what I saw and more. Isn't that cool? Let her be. We've got to call on God for greater things. He wants to raise your expectations. And we've got to call on God for greater things. Jeremiah 33.3 says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. Like, I'm going to tell you greater things that you don't know. And when, you, when, when these things are revealed to you, can I tell you, you'll be able to ask for bigger things from God. You'll be, at, you'll be able to, to request bigger things, greater things from God, but we've got to call upon him, and he will answer. When we call upon him, he will answer. When we make that investment, we're going to get a return. When we call upon him, he will answer, and he'll tell us great and unsearchable things. And then let her see, God wants to raise my expectations to move forward in my calling, to move forward in my calling. John 14, 12 says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, whoever believes, everybody say faith, faith, everybody who believes in me, everybody who believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, when you believe, when you live a, per, when you live a life of faith, let, let me say it this way, everybody. When, when you allow the Lord to raise your expectations, when you're filled with hope, when you're filled with a confident expectation, the Bible says if you live like that, if you believe like that, then the works that we have been doing, they will, we will do even greater things. The works that Jesus was doing will be even able to do greater things. Things And you say, well, what, what is that? I mean, what greater thing could we do that Jesus did? Well, let, let, me, let me tell you, there's so many answers to that. But let me tell you one of the most beautiful answers I've ever heard to that. Jesus' time on this earth was very limited, was it not? It was very limited. Like, between the ages of, of 30 and 33, he was ministering. And he was just one man. But now, in the world, there are millions, in fact, hundreds of millions of Christians, maybe even a billion truly true believers in the world who are living much longer of a time. How many know that we can do more than Jesus did? And I'm not talking about having more power than he had. He is God, after all. I'm talking about we have a longer span of time and we have greater influence because there are far more of us around the world. Jesus, in this life, he was limited to one, one time, one place, except, well, that's, it's another story for another day. But he, but he walked the earth doing good, and he went from town to town, right, 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 right? Doing, he, he was limited to his humanity. But now, all of a sudden, believers are located around the world simultaneously. And God is not limited to boundaries. He is everywhere all the time. And he can do the miraculous right here, right now. 
as he's doing the miraculous in China. And he can answer our prayers right now as he can answer the prayers of the Chinese that are ministering and, and meeting in underground churches. You see what I'm saying? Isn't that a beautiful thing? That when we live for the glory of his name and we take our relationship with the Lord seriously and we, we, we invest in our relationship with the Lord so that our expectations will be increased, our faith will be increased, and we'll start believing for bigger and better and greater things. Everybody, that's our calling. I, I want to be a man who expects the unexpected. Like, for, 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 I want to be a man who expects and prays for things that, that other people don't have the faith for, and then we see it happen. Like, I want to be that kind of guy. I just have that hunger. I have that desire in me. I want to live like Jesus lived so I can see what Jesus saw. And we're already experiencing it. I'm telling you, everybody, just, just this past week, we had seven or eight people communicate with us, just the miraculous. I mean, just things that were just miraculous. God is up to something. And I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a thing. Would you stand up with me today? I'm going to worship the Lord in just a moment here. And uh, Would you close your eyes with me? just for a moment, and I just want the Spirit of the Lord to just to move in this place, to minister in this place just for a moment. And I want, I want you to hear what the Lord would say to you, what the Spirit of God would say to you. What is he asking from you? Are we expecting too little from God? Do we need an increase in our expectations? And I believe the answer to that overwhelmingly in this room today is yes. That we are expecting too little from God. And we're going to ask the Lord to raise our expectations. There are others in this room that you have not made. You've not been investing in your relationship with the Lord. And you realize that, and the Holy Spirit is saying, that's you. You're not able to pray a prayer of faith because you're not putting anything into your relationship with the Lord. You're not spending time with Him. You're not studying His Word like you should. You're, 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 not, you're not worshiping Him like you should. You're, you're self-centered. You're motivated by stuff, by getting more stuff. And you're pursuing the things of this world more than you're pursuing your heavenly father. And you're longing for the things of this world more than you're longing for your heavenly father. And today's a day where you're going to get that right. That we're going to fix that. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand up and hold it up really high? See who you are. All right. There, there are so many hands up in this room. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask another question for those in this room that you are just little, living with too little expectation, that you're not believing the promises of God, and you've been challenged today, that you, you know 
You need to raise your expectations. You're expecting too little. You're, you're, you're underestimating God's mercy. You're underestimating God's power. You're underestimating God's promises. And you know it. And you're not living the type of faith that you want to live. Would you raise your hand up really high? Wow, so many hands. So many hands. Me too. I'm with you there. I'm with you. I'm with you. Can, can, can I ask you something just here, right here in this moment? If you raised your hand to any of those, those questions, could you just come down to the front? If we're going to pray about this. We're going to seek the Lord together. Just go ahead and make your way down here. we got plenty of time. We're right on time, in fact. I, I think today is a day where we're just put, putting a marker in the ground. Today is a day where we're just saying, No more. No more. Today, I'm making a change. Today, today I'm putting a marker in the ground, and I'm not going back. That I'm pursuing the Lord with everything that I have. That I'm not going to underestimate His mercy or His power or His promises. Today's a day that I'm going to invest in my relationship with the Lord, and I'm going to stop living a lukewarm life. I'm going all in today. church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ. All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church slash connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.